0: As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a huge contest to break down between the Wisconsin Badgers as they go on the road to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday evening, 630 ABC. Should be a lot of fun, an interesting contest for both teams, a lot to get into in terms of matchups and what to watch for on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball in this contest. So I'll go through our usual breakdown that we have in the front, and then in the back half of the show, I'm joined by our correspondent from Land Grant Holy Land, Mike Tamanini. Um, He comes on to talk about Ohio State in a little bit more depth, talk about this offense, this new-look defense that they've got under Jim Knowles, as well as how Wisconsin can kind of look to try and attack and fare in this contest. So plenty to get you ready for this huge game on Saturday evening in Columbus. We'll start with our regular preview and we'll, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball because I think this is a fascinating side to talk about for the Badgers and how they want to approach attacking this Ohio State defense. Now, if you remember Ohio State, really over the past couple seasons, the defensive side of the ball has been their Achilles heel. You know, it's, it's got them enough to get into the Big Ten title game and win Big Ten championships. But usually the, the really big errors of this defense would come out on that national stage. Whether it be in the college football playoff college football national championship and i think you're seeing now that ohio state is really reinvested into getting this defense to where it needs to be to win national champions and, and championships and and to do that they went out and got defensive coordinator jim knowles spent almost two million dollars on him um, formerly of oklahoma state he had a, a phenomenal defense last year with the uh with the pokes in oklahoma state and and really ohio state needed someone to come in and kind of reinvent this defense. And that's what they went out and did with bringing him in. So far, I think when you look at this Ohio State defense, you know, in terms of numbers, they rank towards the top much better in most statistical categories. But there are a few ways that you can kind of go about attacking this defense. And and there are some areas that have been lacking a little bit compared to what I think most Buckeye fans and and media and, and everyone wants to see. From this defense, and that's more so in the secondary. So this game is going to be fascinating. I, I'm really intrigued by how Wisconsin is going to approach this contest because you've seen it in years past when these two teams have met. I think back to the last time they met in 2019 in the regular season, Wisconsin came out and tried to play ball control, tried to take possessions off the clock, tried to hold the ball and, and run the clock down with their running game, and, and that's always a, an okay approach with the way that you just that's how you have to counteract this Ohio State offense is that if you let them on the field for you know double digit possessions they're likely going to put up points in, in, in five of those say and if they put up touchdowns that's 35 points right there so trying to limit possessions is a game plan that you could certainly understand and I think Wisconsin will try to do some form of that they're not going to get away from that by any means this is the way that they win football games is controlling the clock and controlling the time of possession when that doesn't happen and you're putting the other offense on the field especially this offense it's it's hard to uh, you know, counteract and, and keep up keep pace with them so i'm fascinated to see how wisconsin's offense is going to approach this game because while they do need to you know work some clock it also shows that you know just trying to run the ball against this ohio state front so far has not proven all that great for them um or for the opponents in, in notre dame they played arkansas state and toledo now two of those games not high caliber opponents. I rank Arkansas State as one of the worst in college football, but Notre Dame, you know, not as great as they were projected to be, but still a program that has a lot of talent on their roster. And then Toledo is uh, the team that many picked to win the the MAC conference. So, not to Ohio State's level, but still a decent test and and they got hit with some points and some yardage against that Rockets offense. So, I am interested to see if Wisconsin keeps the ball on the ground and tries to work that clock or if they try to take some shots through the air because that secondary for Ohio State has kind of been the weak point for the defense thus far. They, if you watch that Toledo game, they only gave up 21 points, but that was their season-high mark of the season for this Buckeyes defense. And they hit some big plays. Now, Daquan Finn for Toledo, the quarterback, is a very dynamic player, but he was able to move the pocket a little bit, escape a little bit, and, and throw some you know big explosive plays down the field. And when you look at Wisconsin, Generally, you think, you know, a ground-and-pound attack, establish the run, every cliche you can develop, but when you're looking at Wisconsin's passing numbers, they're actually ranking towards the top in a lot of those categories. When you look at um, offensive success rate when you're when throwing the ball, Wisconsin's towards the top in that category, which is not something you would expect to see from the Badgers, uh, I believe, ranking in the top five in that statistical category, and then in the top 10 in terms of offensive explosiveness when throwing the football. So... You can see there the the blueprint is kind of in front of Wisconsin where they're they're going to need to take some shots down the field, similar to what they've done these first three weeks. Now, I think the conversation it's gotta be fascinating in the coaching room because you've got Bobby Ingram on one side who seems like a guy that wants to push the ball down the field a little bit more, but you also have Paul Chris heavily involved in that offensive game plan. And is he gonna try and push this you know game towards a slower pace? on the ground while Bobby Ingram maybe he wants to go out and take some shots. That's why you hire an offensive coordinator. That's why you trust the offensive coordinator to call the plays. So I I would love to be a fly on the wall in these offensive meetings this week to figure out the approach that they're trying to take because when I look at the numbers for this game, it says Wisconsin, if they want to win, you know, they can try and slow it down. You can look to the Notre Dame game that Ohio State played in their opener you can say, okay, you know, the, the Irish tried to play with controlled pace limit the possessions and win the game. But eventually at the end, you know, they, they relied on their defense and eventually at the end, Ohio State's offense and talent just won out. Wisconsin could take that same approach and, and try and and limit the possessions, slow this game down. But eventually it, it just seems to me that this offense for Ohio State and the talent there is going to win out and catch up with them. So if I'm watching this and, and looking at the stats here, it says Wisconsin needs to take some shots, needs to go to the air more in this contest to try and win the game the ball in Graham Merch's hand to try and win you a football game. Not something I would expect to have said you know in this offseason coming into the season but he's looked as he's looked like the best offensive player through three weeks. I know Braylon Allens had some big yards, but and, and he's still your focal point of your offense but having that dynamic passing attack is something that Wisconsin's going to have to continue to use and in order to pick on the weak point of this Ohio State defense I think you're going to have to to go to the air and I'm not saying that Wisconsin needs to come out and throw it 50 times a game. I think they need to get continue to play with the model of throwing it on first down, throwing it on second down, mixing that play, you know, that play action in a little bit, going to the pass early, and, and not just having to go to the pass on third down. Your offense is much better when you have the option to go to the pass versus having to go to the pass. And I think last year you saw a lot where Wisconsin would run it on first down, run it on second down. If it was third and short, you're going to run some sort of, of run to maybe pick it up or you were going to have to take to the air if it was third and long. I think Wisconsin shown so far through the season that they they want to throw more on earlier downs. And I think in this contest, you have to, because if you're just going to play, you know, throw it when we have to type of mental or excuse me, yeah, throw it when we have to type of mentality, eventually this Ohio State offense and the talent is going to win out. And, and this front seven for Ohio State has been better. Um, than they have been in recent years, especially at the linebacker position. That's kind of been an area you could pick on a little bit with Ohio State. They seem to have shored that up a little bit in the secondary, which is sometimes um, Ben hit or miss has kind of been the miss. Now, they are, they've are they got some guys banked up, but overall it seems like Wisconsin, in order to win this football game, at least what the numbers say, you've got to take some shots down the field with your passing game and mix that passing game up. So I do think they'll try to control some tempo a little bit. You don't want to give Ohio State you know a ton of possessions, I do think they need to find a way to mix in those big shots to try and make plays. And so far, Wisconsin has shown that they could do that. Now, granted, it is uh, against opponents that are a little bit inferior. But even in that Washington State game, Wisconsin was throwing, was the, their best phase of their offense was throwing the football. So it'll be interesting to see that dynamic back and forth and how this offense uh, tends to approach it. But if I'm Wisconsin, I take it to the air more often than, than they likely usually do. But that is asking a lot and that's asking, you know, a coaching staff to change and get away from the established, the run mantra that Wisconsin continuously goes to. So that's going to be a, a really fun matchup and an area to watch. And the same can be said for this defense, because when you look at this Ohio State offense, every single statistical category, they're towards the top. I mean, they're the number one offense in the country in terms of total offense. They're running game top 50 coming at 35th in rushing offense seventh in passing offense and likely could be higher if they were playing you know CJ shroud and those guys deep into contest and so far they haven't had to in two of the three second in passing passing team efficiency so they're they're hitting plays they're taking care of the ball they're being clean in in and hitting passes consistently and then 24th in offensive explosiveness so Last week, you saw them them kind of settle back a little bit more and take some more shorter throws and, and work the clock and take what the defense has been giving them. Um, but they're also in towards the top in, in third down conversion. So if you're going to play that short and, and dink and dime uh, type of passing defense, they're, they're, then you've got to get off the field on third down. And so far, opposing defenses have not been able to do it. So I'm fascinated to see how Jim Leonard attacks this offense as well. Because when you look at Ohio State, they have so just a plethora of weapons where, you know, Jim Leonard is a blitz-happy guy. He likes to send the house. He likes to send different looks. But then you're leaving your your safeties and your corners in one-on-one matchups with the likes of Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. He should be playing in this game. He's been a little bit banged up throughout the course of this uh, early season, but they have Emeka Abuga, they've got five, six deep different receivers. They've got a talented tight end. They've got all sorts of guys. They've got two running backs, Travion Henderson, of course, a name that most Badger fans are familiar with. So there's a plethora of weapons at C.J. Stroud's disposal. And if you're bringing pressure, you're going to have those one-on-one matchups with some of your guys, and you're likely going to have situations where you get beat over the top. The other option is to, you know, play more, you know, sit back take with the defense or make them kind of take those short chunk plays i think to last year when ohio state played nebraska that was kind of the game plan that they took on defense was hey we're going to sit back we're going to play coverage we're going to try and keep everything in front of us and we're going to try and and get you off the field on third down or and when you get into the red zone we're going to try and hold you to three points and not seven points that's a huge part of taking on this ohio state offense they they have shown past few seasons when they've gotten into tight games and gotten into the red zone and had had a third down that they miss on they aren't necessarily the, a super aggressive team trying to push it on fourth down and go for it they will settle for field goals if you hold them there and i think that's going to be huge for wisconsin as well as trying to if if they play that bend and bend and don't break approach um the, the, you know trying to settle up for three points instead of seven is going to be huge in this contest And Ohio State's kicker has missed a couple kicks so far this season So you're looking at a special teams group that hasn't necessarily been Buttoned up similar to Wisconsin's on that side. So I think once again, it's on the defensive side of the ball It's going to be you know, this is what Wisconsin does. We blitz we cause havoc. We bring pressure versus this is what can slow this Ohio State offense down because Early last season, C.J. Stroud did struggle with some pressure, but it was early in his career. That Oregon game, he was kind of fidgety in the pocket. He's so, you know, beyond that game, he really progressed in that area and shown to be able to handle pressure. So I think if you're bringing a lot on the blitz, you're going to set up those one-on-one matchups, which is what Ohio State wants to try and create and hit. Because frankly, I think that the cornerback room for Wisconsin is talented. I think the safety room for Wisconsin is talented. But they're not, you know, they're not guys that you want to feel comfortable with, um, that you are going to feel comfortable with in one-on-one matchups against this group of receivers. So it's kind of that, you know, adapting to what you want to do versus what you think can slow this defense, you know, offense down. And, and a lot of the numbers say maybe sit back and try and create those third and shorts. But we know that Jim Leonard and his defense, that's not what they like to do. So it's going to be a a fascinating back and forth on both sides of the ball for Wisconsin to say, do we take, you know, this is Wisconsin, this is the way we do it. Do we take that approach and see if we can win with it? Or do we adjust our mark a little bit and say, Hey, we're going to play a little bit different style of game because I think that's what um, Ohio state struggles with. And we need to try and expose that. So it's going to be a fascinating way to watch based on what we know about Wisconsin football. They're likely going to play within their ways, but hopefully there's enough adaptation in there to, you know, Get away from those from time to time and try and see how Wisconsin um, can, can play their game while also adapting to what Ohio State struggles with. And I think that, that dynamic back and forth on both sides of the ball is going to be really fun to watch throughout the course of this game, which takes you over to the matchup to watch for this week. And really, on both sides of the football, it's the secondaries in this game for Wisconsin, Can they hold up and and try and slow down some of these receivers for Ohio State? It's going to be by far and away the best wide receiver core that this Badger team will face all season long. And can they hang with them and not get beat for those big plays? And if they do try to keep things underneath of them, can they come up and tackle? You've got these guys, Jackson Smith and Jigba, incredibly um, agile and physical but he can break tackles. Marvin Harrison Jr., very big receiver. As I mentioned, they've got very, you know, talented tight ends. They've got big receivers. They've got small receivers. They've got speed receivers. And then in the running back room, they've got you know a, a, a bowling ball and Travion Henderson that can break tackles. So that's going to be another thing to watch: is, is can the secondary when it is you know taking to the air because they they prefer to pass the ball. They've established the run pretty well for Ohio State. But C.J. Stroud is. I think should have won the Heisman last season. I think he's the best player in college football. So you're going to play through him and those receivers most time. So passing is what you're going to focus on. And can Wisconsin come up and make those tackles and try to limit those big plays is going to be the matchup to watch. And then on the other side, when Wisconsin tries to take some shots, tries to throw the football, can, is that Ohio state secondary ready to go and, and more buttoned up than they have been in these first three weeks? Because if, in that opener, you know, you look at that Notre Dame Ohio State game. If Notre Dame could complete a pass in that game, it's likely a very different ball game. They just were not able to hit anything in that passing offense. So if Wisconsin could hit some of those plays, you have a chance to hang around in this game. So that's kind of the matchup to watch: is the wide receivers in the passing games against the respective secondaries, because both of them are have either a tough matchup or have been struggling through, over the course of the season. And that's likely going to be what decides this football game, which, which secondary can make enough plays to possibly slow it down and, and keep this game uh, a little bit tighter than what uh, the spread projects. In terms of players we'll be talking about, I do think for better or for worse, to get into this segment, on the offense side of the ball, we're going to be talking about Graham Mertz and either, either way um, for this contest. He's, he's either going to hit some plays and push it down the field and, and test this Ohio State offense or he's going to struggle a little bit and, and force some turnovers. And all of a sudden we're going to see the Graham Mertz of old in big games. There's been times where Graham Mertz has been the lesser version of Graham Mertz. He hasn't played up to what he's you know done the first three games of this season. So I think he's, I think he's improved a lot over the course of these three games. I think he's a much better quarterback than what he was last year, but now it's going to be his by far his biggest test, but he should have plenty of opportunities to make some big plays. So if he comes out and slings it and and has a great game and, and keeps Wisconsin in this game, I think we'll continue to talk about Graham Mertz in a positive light. If he comes out and struggles and this offense has to rely solely on the run game and, and trying to slow the ball down, I think we'll see um, you know maybe some negative connotation, which isn't fair to, to Graham Mertz. But when you have struggles throughout your career in these big games, that's the that's the storyline that's going to continue to follow you if you continue to struggle in said big games. On the defensive side of the ball, I think the guy you will be talking about is, I mean, you could pick anyone in the secondary with this test, but in terms of a guy that could really affect the game for Wisconsin, I think it's got to be Keanu Benton just getting consistent push and pressure on the defensive line because one way to neutralize, one way to really help this defense is going to be, you know, say you're going to sit back a little bit and not blitz as much, then you've got to create pressure with the guys that you have. You know, last year when when Michigan just beat the doors off Ohio State, it's because they had Ujabo and Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive end that were able to bring pressure with the guys in the front seven and not sending any extra players. Wisconsin, while Rhoda Johnson and Isaiah Mullins are talented defensive ends, those guys aren't going to be guys that are getting after the quarterback and, and consistently creating pressure. So the pressure is going to have to come from guys like Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, CJ Getz, and, and those guys kind of work off of each other because Keanu Benton, when he's taking on those blocks and and almost moving the offensive offensive line and the line of scrimmage, that allows the the linebackers, and, and specifically Getz and Herbig, who are your outside backers, that, that kind of blitz through those gaps, to make plays because Benton is just moving the line of scrimmage backwards. He's good enough to do so, and I think this offensive line for Ohio State is better, but maybe in terms of a weak point of their offense, that's the weak point. So if Keanu Benton can just come in there and eat and, and push that line of scrimmage consistently back, it should open things up for everybody else. So you might not see a huge stats game from him, but if Keanu Benton has a good game and is moving the line of scrimmage, you'll you'll see benefits that come from, from his play. So I, I think that's a really um, interesting player to watch in this contest is if he can, you know, be Keanu, be the dominant Keanu Benton that we've seen throughout his career. I think that really could shape, change the overall attack and mantra of this defense. If you can get pressure with, you know, the the three, five guys that you normally bring, all of a sudden that, uh, that allows your secondary to have a little bit more help dropping back into coverage. So Count of Benton could be a guy that we're talking about on Sunday if the Badgers were able to, if they want to pull off an upset. I think it sparks on the defense, and it starts with him establishing pressure and and taking some of the load off the other guys in uh, in the linebacker room and in the secondary. And that, of course, now brings us to our score prediction time for this contest. When I look at this game, I do think it's a game that Wisconsin will be able to put up some points. I do think it's a game that Wisconsin might be able to keep it close early. But I do feel at the end of the game that Wisconsin will likely drop this one just due to talent. So we've talked about what they can do to win this game, what they need to do, but it have to they'd have to really play perfect, I think, in this contest to win it. I, like I said, I do think they'll put up points, but I think it's going to be hard to hold Ohio State under that 30-point mark, which seems to be the spot where you need to hold them to win a game against them and and so far this season i mean put up 77 points against toledo averaging 47 points per game if you hold them to 30 to 35 that's 12 to 17 points below their average last season and this season so i think wisconsin will hold them under that 40 point mark i think more towards kind of similar to when these last these teams met in the big 10 championship in 2019 a 34 to 21 type of game And, and And that would be, you know, Wisconsin, you know, holding it to a couple of field goals in there. And that's going to be huge for them in this contest. But I think at the end, well, maybe it's close late. You know, Ohio State could hit that one big play that kind of opens it back up and and pushes this game to possibly an Ohio State cover and an over in this contest. But I do think, unfortunately, that the Badgers dropped this one in Columbus, a tough Tough matchup for them. I hope they can keep it close and and, and play within this game. I think it give them a lot of confidence. They have the talent to go on the road and win this game, but Ohio State just has so much more talent and so many tough positions to guard that I do think that ultimately the Buckeyes pick up a win at home for their fourth straight home game. Good to see an Ohio State schedule. They don't uh, don't go on the road for six straight weeks, which has got to be a nice benefit to have being part of Buckeye Nation. But uh, I digress. Getting into the rest of the Big Ten now, other interesting games uh, for the conference. You've got you know some teams in non-conference play, it's still some teams into conference play now. Um, we'll start with the Thursday night game. There is a Thursday night game of the Big Ten, Chattanooga 3-0, traveling to Illinois. I do think the Fighting Eli and I will handle their business against an FCS Chattanooga team, but Chattanooga does come in 3-0, 17-point um, underdogs in that contest. move on down the line out to saturday 11 a.m on fox maryland 3-0 traveling to michigan i think the wolverines do win this game and you're talking about a spread that's maybe where this gets more interesting at 17 points i think maryland can put up some points and as good as michigan has looked they have played absolutely no one in this non-conference slate they played three of the worst teams in college football three teams that i rank in the bottom 20 or worse so you're you haven't really seen them tested quite yet but in those contests, they have came out and handled their business. So I do expect the Wolverines to do that against the Maryland Terps. 11 a.m. on the Big Ten Network. You've got Central Michigan traveling to Penn State. Penn State may be a little bit of a letdown spot after going and traveling to Auburn and winning. But I don't see them, you know, faltering here against a Central Michigan team that is just not very good. Giving up a lot of points, giving a lot of, up a lot of big plays. So I think the Nittany Lions role in this contest. Cincinnati. And Indiana, a really interesting one on 2.30 on ESPN2. I think you're going to see the Bearcats win this game. I don't think this Indiana team is very good. They come in with a 3-0 record, but they just, you know, just hung on against Western Kentucky last week. This Cincinnati team is a more talented team uh, than them right now. And I think you're going to see uh, the Bearcats come away with a home victory here. Up next, another interesting game. when You've got Minnesota 3-0 traveling to Michigan State. Who comes in at two and one I think this is a game at the Gophers, it's really hard to gauge this one um, the gophers similar to uh, Michigan have not played a, a team with with a, at all a pulse you look at it, they played New Mexico State a team that Wisconsin just beat they played a very poor FCS team in western Illinois and then they played Colorado who is is the worst power five team in the country and might be worse than most uh group of five teams so it's hard to gauge, you know, how good Minnesota actually is, but in those games they have looked like a far, you know, superior team. So, and and, and I personally don't really think Michigan State is that good. They they kind of got, you know, the score won't show it, but Michigan State kind of got the doors blown off of them by Washington in terms of yardage, and and plays that way. So. This one is, is really a toss-up to me. I do think the Gophers will win it, but going on the road is is something I don't necessarily um, like to pick, but I will go with the Gophers in that contest. Then we've got two um, non-conference games. We've got Northwestern, Miami of Ohio. Gross, disgusting game. I think Northwestern finds a way to win that one, but it'll likely be ugly. And then Purdue and FAU, I think that will be a win for the Boilermakers in that contest as well, coming off A tough loss to Syracuse last week, and finishing things out, we've got Iowa traveling to three and Rutgers with an over under of 34 points. This game is going to be disgusting. That said, I do like the Hawkeyes to win this game, and I do think that seven and a half point spread is in play for the Hawkeyes. As as good as Rutgers has looked through these first three weeks on the defense side of the ball, you know, holding you know teams to um just an average of 14 points a game i i don't know if this defense is actually as good as they say. they played boston college who looks like a completely different and, and bad football team they played temple who's one of the worst teams in the country and they played an fcs wagner team that is not very good so i think they're going to struggle move the football and i think the hawkeyes will dominate in this contest all right badger friends we are now joined by a very special guest Matt Tamanini of Land Grant Holy Land. That's a bit of a mouthful. You guys, Land Grant Holy Land always gets me tripped up, so I'm glad I yeah. nailed it there for a little bit. Um, he's part of our uh, SB Nation sister site over there with covering the Ohio State Buckeyes with SB Nation. We're looking forward to talking about this game a little bit. I know the feelings around Madison are some people feeling good about it. Some people know that the the dread is kind of setting in uh, against Ohio State, have not won uh, game against Ohio State in 12 years, thinking back to that 2010 game in Camp Randall. So it's been a while. And Wisconsin very much has struggled at Columbus, but they still got to play the game and we'll see how it goes. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, let's start. Well, we, I like to always start last last year and kind of work our way into this season. Didn't end the way Ohio State wanted to. I know most Big Ten fan bases would would love a Rose Bowl win. I know Wisconsin fans would love one after getting there so many times and, and losing, but wasn't what the fan base wanted last season. So how are fans feeling going into this year? Is it is it national championship type of mentality or bust um, with the Buckeyes?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's generally the mindset, whether logical or not, that Ohio state fans enter and in, in, into every season with um, the expectations are always super high uh, in Columbus. Sometimes they're warranted. And like, I think they probably are this year. Sometimes they're not, which honestly last year, they, they just weren't, the defense wasn't very good last year. And, and that's of course, relative, like they were in the middle of the pack. They were in the top 30 against the run and they were much lower in the past. So it's like, you compare that to the average power five team, you know, like a middle of the road pack 12 team, of course that's good. But when you're looking at what Ohio state expectations are, it was pretty bad. I and mean, it was even pretty bad against like a lot of other big 10 schools too. So the expectations last year were probably higher than the team had the ability to live up to this year. I think because of one, uh, they return a lot of players with experience and they were playing a lot of young guys last year. So I think that's a good thing to help the, uh, the team kind of right some of the wrongs they had last year, but then most importantly, they've completely overhauled the defensive coaching staff with the exception of Larry Johnson, who returns as a defensive line coach who is arguably one of the best defensive line coaches in the history of college football. So um I I think there's a lot of expectations, especially when you have a returning Heisman finalist quarterback like CJ Stroud. So the, the expectations are, I think, rightly national championship or bust. Does that mean they're going to get there? I don't know. I picked them, but I'm a Homer. So, you know, whatever.
0: I like that answer. I, I, I can totally see where you're coming from, but you just mentioned CJ Stroud and and that offense just, Absolutely lethal. You know, seven, seven, 77 points last weekend against Toledo, and they it, it felt like from what the glimpses that I got that they could have scored really put up the number that they wanted to. I mean, they, they were just going up and down the field and scoring at will, and that's the usual case. You know, Ohio State, top 10 in the nation in points per game, leading the nation in total offense in terms of yardage. So it's, uh, once again, you know, despite two first-round wide receivers, the offense is just as lethal, it seems like, with C.J. Stroud at the helm. And aside from just sheer talent, I mean, there's there's so many five star guys on this offense. What makes this offense so hard for opposing defenses to try and and even slow down?
1: Well, I think that the one thing that's significantly different this year than last year was really the focus of the entire offseason, not just for the uh, for the offense, but for the entire team. And that was reestablishing a bit of toughness that has seemingly faded a little bit over the past few years. When Ryan Day came in first as the offensive coordinator under Urban Meyer in 2018, he really took what had become a pretty languishing offense where I, I think Urban Meyer, my thoughts on Urban Meyer are very well publicized on Langer and Holy Land, so I'm, I, won't, I won't go into those, but uh, I, and I think a lot of your Badger fans would agree with me on them, but he had kind of forgotten the things that had made him really a, a, a Mount Rushmore level type of coach in college football, which was innovating on the offensive side and his offensive had devolved to just being JT Barrett left mm-hmm. JT Barrett, right. And that was it. When Ryan day showed up in 2018, he really took that offense and it turned it into a passing first. I mean, really for the first time in Ohio state history, really, other than, you know, some years during the John Cooper era in the, in the nineties where you had guys like Terry Glenn and Joey Galloway. um, But even then they had running backs still like Carlos snow and Eddie George and and guys like that. But so really for the first time in Buckeye history, it became a, a truly past first offense and a program that has prided itself on running backs for its entirety. I mean, forever, um, had really lost the ability to have dominant runners. Now that doesn't mean they didn't have good runners. They had guys like, uh, like JK Dobbins, who I I think was really a a, a bad timing that he was in college football and in the big 10 at the same time as Jonathan Taylor. Because I think if, if Taylor hadn't been at Wisconsin, JK Dobbins could have been the best running back in the country. Um, But they lost some of that identity of being able to push guys around on the offensive line. Um, And that was also true on the defensive side where they got run over by Oregon and by Michigan, and even uh, to a certain degree against Utah and the Rose bowl. Um, And that has really changed this year. Now, the offensive line, I think, is very good. I don't think their strength is necessarily blowing guys off the line of scrimmage and getting three yards in a cloud of dust. But they're a very good offensive line. They are much better at kind of moving and opening holes, especially on the outside. But they are running the ball better than they have in recent years. And I think adding that into the dynamic passing offense with C.J. Stroud, and as you mentioned, they they lose Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, but they also return Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's, uh, really hasn't played more than a couple quarters this season. He got banged up against Notre Dame in the season opener, and then they have just kind of really been slowly bringing him back. We don't know if he's 100%. He kind of limped off the field after making a couple catches in the first quarter against Toledo. But in his stead, guys like Ameka Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, and last week Julian Fleming, who was finally back after a couple injuries, like they're doing okay. They're pretty good. So having the dynamic passing attack coming back, and then being able to balance it out with two, maybe three high quality running backs and Trevion Henderson, Mayan Williams, and now true freshman, Dallin Hayden, who had a great day against Toledo, again, against Toledo, but uh, having a guy who's able to fill in if, if there are any injuries like there were last weekend with Trevion Henderson um, has really made it difficult to look at this offense and say, I'm going to stop this. And if I stop this, they can't do anything because they really do have the ability to hit home runs. Um, from anywhere. And for the first time in, you know, recent memory of Ohio state football, they've got a truly dynamic playmaker at tight end in Cade Stover. So um, they haven't faced a defense this year that I think will be as good as Wisconsin's and Notre Dame, as we've kind of seen since the season opener is not nearly what we thought it would be. Um, so who knows how much they come back down to earth against a quality opponent, but so far through three games, they've been pretty tight tough to slow down once they've started to fix figure some things out and get guys healthy.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like you have to play a, a perfect defensive game uh, against them, and one little mistake can can really put you behind the eight ball in, in yeah. terms of your the way your defense can play. So I, I think my next question, you know, the offense feels like it certainly has a plethora of riches and options, but C.J. Stroud is the guy that it all kind of runs through if Wisconsin wants to try and slow him down some, what do they need to do? Is it pressure? What is maybe something that he kind of struggles with that Wisconsin fans can kind of look for and saying, Hey, we've got to do this to even have a shot at slowing this offense down.
1: Uh, Ironically, it's not pressure. Uh, I think it was PFF and take PFF stats for, for what you will. But um, I think they put out a stat after the Toledo game. And again, throwing in the caveat that it is against Toledo, but I think they said like, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to remember the numbers. So these won't be exact, but it was something on like, he went nine for 10 on passes where Toledo was able to get into the backfield. So I don't think he, he, because he's got some experience under his belt, he's a more accurate passer than either Justin Fields or Dwayne Haskins, the quarterbacks that that immediately preceded him. He doesn't necessarily have the arm that those two guys had, but he's probably a more accurate passer. So pressure, tends not to fluster him too much, especially this year, although it did last year. I think if you're going to try to slow him down, it is um, really kind of, you're going to have to do it with the secondary and taking away options. If if you are able to kind of put a clamp down on his playmakers and force him to kind of go through his reads, he can do it. Um, but he's so often looking for those great playmakers to just get open because they're better than the than the secondary and the corners and even linebackers who are covering them that he can just make those plays. So if you are able to blanket them or bracket uh whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba or Marvin Harrison, good luck with Marvin Harrison because he's you know, he's a, a a beast in terms of size. You might need two or three guys, but like if you can kind of s- cover them so that they aren't able to, to create distance in a short amount of time and kind of make him go through his progressions. That could be a way. Uh, and then you might have the ability to get home. I don't know that, that I think that's easier said than done, um, but that might be the only way to slow him down from a passing perspective.
0: Yeah, it looks hard. I mean, everyone, even last year when he had those troubles early, he you know came mm-hmm. on even stronger at the end. I I personally thought he was a Heisman snub. I thought he should have won it last year, and and certainly on pace to to do that if, this year. If um, you
1: want to come <laughs> over and write for us instead of Bucky's fifth quarter, you are welcome. <laughs> hey, at yeah, any I, point,
0: I call it how I see it. I was like, I could not believe that Bryce <laughs> Young got that award. I mean, he, he had a good year. Don't get me wrong, but man, CJ Stroud with the when he got going, it was it was fun to watch. And that's coming from a Wisconsin fan who. You know, constantly sees the pain that comes from Ohio State, but um, switching gears to the defense now. That was kind of the trouble side of the ball last year, and and, and in years past, that's been the side that's black behind, and, and that's that's a fair assessment considering that mm-hmm. offense is just so good. Um, but Jim Knowles, formerly defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, comes in to try and fix it. What are your feelings about that unit thus far? Have you seen improvements? How do you go? How do Ohio State fans feel about how the defense has looked under him?
1: I mean, I think so far, so good. It is by no means perfect. The the cornerbacks are honestly struggling mightily for a number of reasons. One, because they only have six scholarship cornerbacks on the roster uh, right now, which is kind of a failure in not only recruiting, but also in the... Uh, the transfer portal. So that was a little discouraging, especially because the three top corners all sustained some sort of injuries, some minor, some not during fall camp. So the corners are a bit banged up. They've looked pretty bad at times, including number one cornerback Denzel Burke, who came on as a true freshman last year, basically because of injuries as well, and was sensational for the most part, even given the fact that he was a true freshman. The corners have been pretty weak, but everywhere else has really kind of stepped up to not only embrace Knowles's system, which is a fairly significant departure from what they had been running under former defensive coordinator Kerry Combs, um, but again, it kind of goes back to that toughness that I talked about. They got bullied on the defensive line last year by the better teams that they faced. And because of the style of, of defense that they ran, they really didn't look to be super aggressive and getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And that has changed this year. One of the hallmarks of Knowles' system is to be aggressive. And he has talked often that he factors in giving up big plays because they're going to take risks. The first play of the game against Notre Dame, uh, from a defensive perspective for Ohio State, they sent like a four man blitz, and they got burned. They ended up giving up like a twenty five yard pass. Um, that's fine as far as Jim Knowles is concerned because that is uh, that's part and parcel with bringing pressure and forcing them, the opposing quarterback, to make hurried decisions. So that's been fun. He it, it is a secondary led defense, so the secondary has had to kind of make a lot of adjustments. They're playing a lot more safeties than they have ever done in, in recent years, um, but so far, guys like Lathan Ransom. Um, Tanner McAllister, uh, even someone like Court Williams, who I think we might see play a little bit more uh, against Wisconsin because he is a bigger guy. They've been playing pretty well. The defensive line is getting pressure. They're not getting home as as much as I think people would like, but they are generating a lot of pressure. And uh, the the biggest change I think for the Buckeye fans has been the improved play of the linebackers. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, who was kind of a, a a thorn in the side of a lot of fans who just kind of thought he was a tough Borland. Clone and that is not a good thing for most Buckeye fans. Has proved himself to be pretty spectacular so far this year. Basically, never coming off the field. Uh, Steel Chambers and Cody Simon are also doing pretty well. So I think for the most part, you know, compared to the last couple of years, Buckeye fans are pretty dang happy about the defense. It's not perfect. I think there's a lot of issues that people still don't they don't love giving up the big plays. But like I said, that's something that Knowles is expecting to do. Like it's going to happen, whether that's on the run or the pass. And he's okay with that as long as everything else kind of falls into place and they're able to get the benefits of of their increased aggression that they haven't seen in recent years.
0: So what it, it sounds like what you're saying is that the ball is gonna to have to be in Graham Murch's hand and he's gonna to have to go win this game, which originally beginning of the season would have scared me, but actually the way he's been playing the last few weeks, that might be Wisconsin's best option. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about. In terms of this game, I feel like the last few times Wisconsin Ohio State has has met, it's come down to you know Wisconsin's try to keep it or keep it close early, get to the second half, try and hang around late in this game, and and one way to do that is that bend and break defense and try and hold the field goals. Wisconsin's special teams has not been super pretty, so I know everyone looks to Ohio State and, and looks at the offense and the defense has gotten better, but how are the Buckeyes looking in that area? Because Wisconsin's kind of struggled with the special teams, and that can make a huge difference like it did against Washington state or that two missed field goals, blown kick coverage. When you have to play a perfect game against Ohio state, that's one area that Wisconsin um, might be a little weaker.
1: Well, to be honest with you, Ohio state uh, special teams have not been great either. Um, the, the two areas on special teams that they have done well is in the few times that Jesse Murko has had to punt. He's been great. And, um, the and then on kick coverage, Ohio State has been really good. But Noah Ruggles is only one for two on field goals this year. He is perfect on extra points, but OK, great. Um, but he did miss his first field goal of the year. Um, punt returns for Ohio State have been minimal at best. They have not done a whole lot of kick returns. Um, generally, they just take the touch back. So, I, you know, Noah Ruggles was a, you know, a groza uh, contender last year, and we kind of expected him to be that this year, but he missed his first field goal and has not held, had a whole lot of opportunities. So we'll see from there. I think he he's fine. I just kind of you know had to had a miss kick. College kickers, right? So mm-hmm. um I, I think that that's fine. Uh, I would not say that is necessarily a strength. I know like with SP Plus right now, they're rated as like the 107th best special teams, which is you know you miss one of your two field goals, that's going to happen, but. um you know, I don't think that Ohio State fans are going to want to hang their hats on on anything besides maybe the kick coverage and punting. But in a Big Ten game where teams are are going to look to punch it out and, and even Ohio State, who, you know, it's funny because under Ryan Day, Ohio State has been a score quick offense. Um, and that was not necessarily the case against Toledo. Yeah, they scored 77 points, so they were scoring at a fairly rapid pace, but they weren't huge plays, at least not with the. Uh, at least not with the number ones, The I think the only touchdowns that were more than 15 yards came with the with the backups in. So most of the touchdowns that Ohio State had with their starters in against Toledo were of the 7, 5, 11-yard variety, which is unusual. So that might kind of play in to be a balance for what Wisconsin will do, and it, and it might actually be a, a lower possession game than Ohio State is used to playing, especially if, as you mentioned, the Badgers try to play a little ball control uh, as as well as kind of a way to keep it out of the hands of Stroud and the offense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there'll be certainly uh, some some Wisconsin offensive possessions that are really going to try and depl- deflate the football a little bit and, and take some time off that clock and just kind of hold on for dear life and, and hopefully avoid some mistakes. I think back to the last time Wisconsin played there, that's first half especially, that's how they tried to do and and then a couple couple turnovers, a fumble, and, and next thing you know, it was blown open. So, what's it going to take overall? What are your kind of feelings about the game? And then, what is your kind of prediction for Saturday? Uh,
1: I think I imagine that the game will look a lot like Ohio State's game against um, Notre Dame, and as I said earlier, I think we we now realize that Notre Dame is probably not as good as we thought they were coming in. Although I I do think that there are some extenuating circumstances for why they lost against Marshall coming down off of the big high, you know, getting up for the, for the season opener in Columbus and then losing their quarterback and, you know, playing kind of rough against Cal. Uh, But I expect Wisconsin because Wisconsin is Wisconsin to just be a more cohesive, more focused, uh, better coached football team, but to play kind of the same way that they did. Um, Marcus Freeman had said that they were going to try to take away uh, Ohio state's ability to throw and force Ohio state to, to run the ball. I don't know if that will be the same philosophy that um, Paul Chris comes in with in this game, but I think that it kind of being a little bit of a slobber knocker will happen. I think that both teams will score. Uh, like I said, Ohio state is, is going to give up points. Uh, and, and we know that Wisconsin can score and can put together drives. So I, I think it'll be a a tough physical old school Big Ten game, which, you know, watching Wisconsin from afar is kind of what they've been playing for years. But it is different from what Ohio State has played um, for the past half decade. But I think that's kind of where I'm imagining the game will go. I I, again, I admitted straight up from the beginning that I'm a homer, so I'm going to take Ohio State. Mm. Um, But I do think it'll be something similar to the last time that they played, um, which was, I guess, what? three seasons ago, 2019 mm-hmm. in the uh, big 10 championship game. I'm thinking something in the area of a two touchdown win for Ohio state. Maybe they get one late 35, 21 somewhere in that range. Um, I-, I could see happening again in college football, anything could happen. It could be a one point game and they, it's like a 17, 16 game or don't get mad at me badger fans ohio state could go on and score you know 50 points you know like they did in the 2014 championship game <laughs> so uh I, I don't expect either of those things to happen but I, I would imagine that ohio state will get their points so will wisconsin but uh the buckeyes will you know have have a, have a two touchdown win that'll look probably uh, a little bit better than maybe the slog of a game it might be of course I reserve all rights to make changes before game time. But sitting here now recording on Tuesday, that's kind of where I'm sitting.
0: I can appreciate that. You have to, as a homer, anytime I go on a podcast, you have to pick your team. It just wouldn't yeah. feel right to do otherwise. So, yeah, I, I can Doesn't totally matter. understand where you're coming from, and and I really appreciate you working in that uh, 2014 59 and nothing. Um you're welcome. I didn't say I, the
1: score though. You said the score. <laughs> I said I did the, not score. Get the score.
0: Yeah, I, I tried. I tried to block that game completely from my memory, and sometimes it crawls back out, and and
1: Understood. it uh,
0: makes me shudder. But uh, Matt, thanks very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I know our Badger fans will will like to get an insight. On Ohio State and uh, enjoy the game
1: on Saturday. Thanks everybody have a good time if there's anybody heading to Columbus uh, hit us up on Twitter or something and let us know if we can help with uh, any recommendations for uh, food or entertainment while you're in in town.
0: There you go Badger fans they'll will they will know best. All right Badger fans that wraps up another episode of the podcast as always thank you for listening on Wisconsin.
1: Thank yeah.